Welcome, children, to the Earth Wants You. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The Earth desires all of us. I'm Reverend Billy from the Church of Stop Shopping. I'm here, I'm here with co-host Salvitri D. Salvitri, hello. Welcome. Thank you, Rev. What kind of a show will we have today? Well, it's the Ashley Brockington Show. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've been waiting for this day. Amen. Earth Mama, black culture hero of the Apple, praise be. Something along those lines. We can, re- we can rearrange that as the hour goes forward. We have, of course, drag and pride and otherness and differentness celebrated in the next hours and days here in New York City. We'll talk about the Pride Show at Dixon Place upcoming We've got the, you know, the controversy of the various parades, crisscrossing the island with different sets of beliefs, and amen. We have our preferences, hallelujah. We have the news from the natural world, of course. Extinction's got talent, of course. And the Stop Shopping Choir, now and again, to interrupt things and celebrate earth I wanted to talk a little bit today about Roxana Hernandez. Um, yes. And I wanted to share her story with our listeners. Roxana Hernandez was a transgender asylum seeker who died in ICE custody uh, on the 25th of May. She was 33, year old, 33 years old, and she uh, had applied for asylum Um, because it was not safe for her to be in Honduras. She contracted HIV uh, while being gang raped. And she went across Mexico with the so-called migrants caravan, Mm -hmm. which you must have all heard about in the news. Um, She was allowed into the country and and successfully applied for asylum and then was transferred a couple of times um, and at one point was held for at least five days in uh, these freezing uh, um, ice blocks, they're called, where the temperatures are extremely low and it's very uncomfortable. Anyone who's been arrested knows that jail is often freezing cold. It's one of the ways they punish you while you're there. Um, But this is an extraordinary circumstance. And uh, Roxana, when admitted finally to the facility for trans um, immigrants, was already ill and was shortly taken to the Lovelace uh, Hospital in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she died of complications from HIV. Um, Roxana tried really hard to save her life. And uh, this country failed her in a profound and terrible way. Um, There's been a big response, I think, in New York City uh, to her death. Trans people, as you know, are vulnerable to mistreatment in any institutional situation um, and many social situations for that matter, but particularly at the hands of law enforcement. We know this. Trans people during uh, a march or uh, a, a protest attract the attention of of the police in a particular way. It's true. I think anecdotally, Anecdotally, I have seen that many times that the police are almost mm, 
I mean, that trans people are uniquely vulnerable to law enforcement. And trans people of African descent or of, you know. Yes. Uh, it, it amplifies any non-white uh, racial makeup uh, will will compound the problem. When I was um, just a few days ago with the Shut It Down crew, um, and we were started at Stonewall um, <laughs> to tell Roxana's story to people in New York City. So we're at Stonewall. You know, Stonewall has a red carpet now in front of it all through Pride Month and it's branded and there's corporate logos all over the red carpet so you really can't like come to New York for Pride and take a picture at Stonewall without corporate logos so in your picture. S- selfie at Stonewall you've got y- you you have Jet to have Blue, JetBlue in your picture. Coca-Cola. So the the gathering went around the corner and as soon as we were sort of out of sight of the gaze at Stonewall um, our leader that day June was arrested um, she is also a, 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 a trans woman of color, and she was instantly arrested. And we tried to block the cops. You know, we gathered around her. We. It was just that's so a good ironic. thing. That indicates that you know that they are targeting her. That's a good thing to do. Yeah, of course. I mean, I sometimes think in, works in activist circles. You know, we know in those settings that p- people like myself, you know, a five foot ten white lady, is obviously should get in between a cop and a trans woman of color like duh and um (laughs) join me in that people come (laughs) on yeah duh Duh. yeah june is a june is a real leader she we've had her on our um earth wants you show um june's amazing leader of the future and and so as being arrested just just 20 at this point or 21 the whole time she's so great but um anyway the ironies abound you know here we are half a block from stonewall started by a trans woman of color the whole rebellion started by you know march p norman at stonewall and here we are however many years later what is it 40 45 marsha p johnson yeah yeah sorry did i say something else? you said norman marsha norman oh sorry i wonder why i said that is that a playwright marsha well, norman. anyway here we go <laughs> um there we are and so as, as soon as you're, as, oh, I say, like, as soon as you're not on the stage of Stonewall, because Stonewall's changed. like a stage, yeah. it, it faces that little pocket park, yeah. and the the history of it is so important as you, you feel it as and you approach things it. Don't change, right? Things change. Then you change, go outside change. of that. You go outside of the footlights of that stage, the psychological footlights of that stage, and suddenly you're back to the pre-Stonewall. Um, Harassment. Well, the march went on after June was arrested, and we walked through the West Village where there's lots of open-air dining going on and told the story of Roxana Hernandez to these diners. And it, and I Yuppies have to, with crossed legs. Yeah, and, and spinach salads. $15. $50. $50. Um, I was going for the $15 white wine, but that's even low now. Yeah, I think so. Um, it was, We're up to $22. It was really hard to interrupt the consumption going on, and I think this just... It's so important to talk about right now how difficult it is to interrupt consumers still after all that. We're the Church of Stop Shopping. We've been doing this for more than 20 years, and it is still interrupting a consumer at work, you know, fork to mouth, the the gestures of consumption, and telling the story of someone, you know, away from that setting, all of these people would sympathize and have compassion for Roxana. They would care that ICE was doing this. You could tell looking at them that they were, you know, decent people with basically 
fair values, right? But in the in the moment of consumption, they can't they can't break out of it. They're embarrassed. It's awkward. I don't know what it is. And at one point, this it's really strong. It's incredible. It's really a strong enforcement. It's incredible of, of gestures and attitudes. This one woman just started crying with us. One of the activists. She started crying. She said, "What is wrong with you? Listen to me." Don't you hear what I'm saying? She died of HIV complications. She died of AIDS in a hospital trying to seek asylum because she was gang. Do you hear this story? Here we are in the West Village, the heart of pride, the heart of progressive homosexual activism <laughs> in the USA. She's crying. And she's just saying, listen, listen. And they, they just cannot listen. It might be New York because when we're in New York, and we go and do something. We're dedicated to that activity that we expected to, that we expected to be involved in. We pay our money and we we do the ritual. We're scheduled to do it and we do it. Now, if you if you're in a, uh, a more lackadaisical kind of suburban situation, you know you might you might like pay more attention to somebody trying to interrupt you. I just think it's very important that we, we learn ourselves like to notice when we are being that consumer. Like what are the times in our life when we're not paying attention or unwilling to be embarrassed or awkward or unwilling to like put our fist up in that situation to break character with our meal and put our fist up and say, yes, black lives matter. Yes. Trans lives matter. You know, it, it's just, or well, in such an emergency right now, what we have to do is we have to map out the entire 24 hours of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the person who lives here and going right at that person uh, during some parts of the day really would, would constitute a, a, a reach to get through to them. But, we can do I, but other, other times, there are seams there. There are the places when uh, people are in transit from this job to that job. There are there are moments where persuasion, beauty, mm. data, mm. you know, we can we mm. we simply must wake people up. They need to look up from their iPhones. Let's do it. Let's move Let's on. Let's do it. I think it's time for news to the natural world right now. With your news anchor, Savitri D. <laughs> Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. India will eliminate all single-use plastic in the country by 2022, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has announced. Last Friday, the two remaining protesters against the Mountain Valley Pipeline climbed down from their perches in the trees. The Mountain Valley Pipeline is a 303-mile proposed project to shuttle natural gas through the Jefferson National Forest and right over the Appalachian Trail. To stop construction, these two holdout protesters took to treetop camps near Peters Mountain, close to the Virginia and West Virginia border. For three months, they defied weather and intermittent sieges on their food supplies by law enforcement. But they came down. And then Wait a minute. The police were keeping them from eating? Yeah, they were attacking their food supply. They weren't letting people send up food. They were messing with them. On Monday, another group tried to enter the trees, a group from... Massachusetts, and they bound themselves to construction equipment, uh, but they were removed after just two hours. And then five people staged a work stoppage at a work site for the Mountain Valley Pipeline in West Virginia. Um, so, activism continues against the Mountain Valley Pipeline running through some beautiful Appalachian forest and the watershed of the entire southeast. 
Recent coral declines in the Great Barrier Reef are unprecedented. A reef monitoring program shows northern sections have lost half of their coral cover. 30% was lost during the heat wave of 2012. And losses from 2016 were not recovered in 2017. Germany has experienced its hottest May and April since the late 1800s. The German Weather Service said the blazing temperatures could only be understood in relation to climate change. Oh. Germany's bear will drop Monsanto when they take over the multinational corporation. Although Bayer will acquire all of the weed killer and seed maker's products, the Monsanto name will be left behind. Scientists say Amen. the chances of limiting dangerous climate change to less than two degrees are rapidly disappearing as carbon emissions again ramp up in China. Data indicates greenhouse gas emissions in China accelerated to 1.5% growth last year. China is now responsible for about a third of the world's carbon emissions. Given China's emissions are roughly double the next largest polluter, the United States, and triple the European Union's, its acceleration means there is a fast diminishing chance that the rise in global average temperature can be restricted to the range of 1.5 to 2 degrees, as agreed at the 2015 Paris Climate Conference. <sighs> Even if emissions ceased globally, it is probable... Warming will still reach at least 1.5 degrees, given the longevity of carbon dioxide and other heat-trapping gases in the atmosphere. With increasing evidence of extreme weather events, even at the roughly one degree of warming so far, societies can expect impacts to worsen. The leader of the study says this, the notion that 1.5 degrees is somehow safe is totally incompatible with the evidence. Good luck, people. It's going to get rough out oh. there. The fertility rate of Indian couples has plummeted by more than 50%. The fertility rate has dropped from 4.97 in 1975 to 2.3 in 2015. The report states that by 2025, it will further nosedive to 2.1 and dip lower to 1.86 by 2045. Andrologists in infertility clinics in India are seeing two to three men on a daily basis who suffer from low sperm count, obesity, addiction, and stress. These factors show that the issues in young men require to be tackled effectively much earlier, and there is a need to generate awareness on the causes of infertility in men. An infertility, an infertility specialist <laughs> explains this to us. One of the most important reasons for infertility that we have found in the multiple studies we have carried out by the Indian Council of Medical Research is the increasing pollution in urban areas. Apart from vehicular pollution, the contamination of food with pesticides is a major reason for the problem of infertility. Back to Monsanto. The use of pesticides, growth hormones in fish, meat, and dairy products is one of the major reasons for the increasing rate of infertility. Plummeted in India by 50% people, 50%. In coastal areas of Southern California, rising summer temperatures caused by spreading urbanization and the warming climate are driving off formerly common low-lying morning clouds and increasing the prospect of bigger and more intense wildfires. Warmer temperatures, less cloud cover, more fire. The world's major industrial democracies spend at least $100 billion each year to prop up oil, gas, and coal consumption. No. Let me just say that one more time. The world's major industrial democracies spend at least $100 billion each year to prop up oil, gas, and coal consumption. Corruption. Oh, my God. Greece is braced for another bumper year of tourism. For every one of its citizens, three foreign visitors, 32 million in total, will arrive this year, more than at any other time since records began. 
And two Alaska Native corporations and a small oil services firm together have applied to do extensive seismic work next winter in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Here we go. Trump's policies setting in. On Thursday, Hamburg became the first city in Germany to put in place any kind of ban on diesel vehicles. It is a sign that even though the diesel engine was a German invention, opposition to the fuel is growing in that country. The Everglades National Park will allow paid hunters inside the park to kill invasive Burmese python snakes. The unrelenting spread of invasive Burmese pythons has mostly wiped out marsh rabbits, bobcats, and other small mammals in the vast marshy wetland. The snakes are so difficult to detect and marsh is so impenetrable that even determining their numbers remains difficult. The low range could be tens of hundreds and the high range would be hundreds of thousands. So they just don't know. Amen. 233 scientists have published a tightly argued letter in the journal Science saying that continued application of neonicotinoids, the most widely used insecticide in the world, must be urgently restricted. Failure to respond urgently to this issue risks not only the continued decline in abundance and diversity of many beneficial insects, but also the loss of the services they provide and a substantial fraction of the biodiversity heritage of future generations. Ban those Neonicotinoids. Biodiversity heritage. It's just, that's, yeah. a, that's a snowflake phrase, I think. I think that's the uh, seven generations. Uh, and once again, I think I... I can I hear them I laughing this, at us. I think I read this recently, but I just have to tell you again that avoiding meat and dairy products is the single biggest way to reduce your environmental impact on the planet. I haven't eaten any of those items today. New research shows without meat and dairy consumption, global farmland use could be reduced by more than 75%, an area equivalent to the U.S., China, European Union, and Australia combined and still feed the world. Loss of wild areas to agriculture is the leading cause of the current mass extinction of wildlife. Habitat destruction. You know, it's as depressing as ever. You know, Edward Abbey was one of the one of the Western writers who had the guts to de-romance the cow. <laughs> you know, he just he just didn't go with cowboys. He just didn't, you know. Listen, you can go with a cowboy without going with the cow. I just don't see how the million billion cows and cattle. How would you? I mean, they, they are all Republicans. They're all giving money to the government, getting money from the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the heart of guns, the heart of Republican Party politics. I mean, let's start. Let's start by saying, yeah, let's start it. Let's start the process. Let's start saying meat and dairy, meat and dairy. Stop. But there's there's the the, the meat industry and the dairy industry are the most two two most powerful lobbying groups. Mm. You know, the NRA is like a part of them. My name is Barbara Robin Teresa Lee, and I'm a soprano in the choir. I've been a soprano since February 2005. Yes, that's how long I've been with the choir, and I love every minute of it. Uh, What is your favorite place on earth? My favorite place on earth? My bed. 
I'm serious. When I'm, I'm, in, when I'm in bed, when I'm tired, after I had a long day of having fun or whatever, when I crawl in my bed and my cats are next to me, I just know that it's time to chill and I'm out and I'm going to go to sleep. And that's it. No better feeling. I've been in a lot of places all around the world, but when I get home to my bed, that's it. What's your uh, favorite song that the Stop Shopping Choir sing? Ooh, that's a hard one. <sighs> no, it used to be the Beyond song. But actually, and this is something we don't do anymore, the whole Occupy Wall Street thing, the whole thing, the whole like half hour thing that we never do anymore. I love that so much. There's a bunch of songs all wrapped up together, and the one you probably know is um, We Are The 99 percent Yeah, that song. I love that song, but there's other songs that attach to it, and it talks about the whole idea of what Occupy Wall Street was about in Sakati Park, and it's just really beautiful. And if you don't have it, I still have the recording of the whole thing if you want to hear it. listening to The Earth Wants You with Savitri D and Reverend Billy. We're here in New York City, and I'm very excited 
to introduce Ashley Brockington Amen. today. Yes. Ashley is a performing artist. She's Woo. led many lives and Ooh. traveled all over the world. She participated in a pilgrimage where she walked with a group of pilgrims down the East Coast in prayer for the healing of the violent path of the perpetrators and victims of the transatlantic slave trade. She's been to Haiti and worked there. She is a longtime performing member and contributor to Circus Amok, Wow Cafe, and Dixon Place. At the moment, she is the co-director of the New York Neo-Futurists. She has a new podcast called (laughs) Urban Mystics. What? Tell me about my future. Her play Black Girl Ugly is a cult favorite, which might be the best way to describe Ashley herself. A cult favorite. A cult favorite, yeah. You can find her on Wednesdays at Minka, a healing arts center in Lefferts Garden. Ashley... Welcome to the show. Thanks. You make me sound awesome. You are awesome. We always start by asking our guests to describe their favorite place on earth. Hmm. Favorite place on the earth. It's like I feel like I've been landlocked in New York City for so long. I forget what the earth looks like. I used to know the earth more. I guess I'm going to a beach. Oh, you know what it is right now. (laughs) And I don't know if you're going to like this. Is it radio friendly? It's not for me to judge. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite place on earth right now. Like the place I dream about going to. It's Fire Island. Oh. Fire Ooh. Island. You know, that's fitting for our, our, our opening Amen. show of Pride Month. Tell I mean, us about Fire Island. Well, the thing is, okay, so I, I, I married a woman of means. And she took me to Fire Island every summer. And, you know, there's not many places on the earth where you can just, like, do your day naked all day. Just walk around, you know, from the house to the beach and just, like, live your life without clothes and shoes. And there's no cars there. And you feel so far away. And New York is way over there. And you remember what relaxing feels like. Mm -hmm. And so in my current New York City life, that's what comes up. Just, I love it there. But then, yeah, you have to have a lot of money to go. It's like, I'm dying to go again, and I can't afford it. I'd like to go to Fire Island. Anybody out there who needs a naked black girl in their life? <laughs> That's going live, and I think that we'll get a response. I, I, already, already. Be at People Fire pouring Island. in on our chat. Within uh, a matter of days, Ashley. <laughs> but then my second more, like, you know, of the people-friendly answer is a little tiny beach um, in the state of Michoacan. It's called Marwata. And in the hippie days, we would go down there every Christmas time. There was like a you know wave of hippies, like gringo hippies, Mexican hippies. We'd all kind of like gather on the beach and stay there for like six weeks and just live, live there. And mm-hmm. the, the, the mamas and papas who were there all year would fish and make beans. And it was like the life. You could do your whole winter for like 300 bucks. Wow. Whoa. But now I think the white people you know, have yes, come and built their ever. big their big houses. And it's not the same. This was like mid-90s. Marwata, Michoacan, I love you. Te amo. There you go. That's about the best answer we've ever gotten, I think, on that question. I mean, I'm a delicate blend of hippie and bourgeois. I've always said it. You know what I mean? I was raised a certain way, but I, you know, but I have beliefs, but they blend. You know what I mean? It's like I stay broke. I don't make a lot of money, but I'm wearing fancy jeans. (laughs) And they look good. Um, Ashley, (laughs) tell us, what is neo-futurism? Okay. So my most recent kind of foray into collective theater making is neo-futurism. I'm a New York neo-futurist. So first, futurism. So futurism came out of Italy in the 30s. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like the theater wing of, well, actually, (laughs) it's 
it's attached to very kind of uh, what's the guy the Italian mean guy the fascist Mussolini yeah it's attached to him which is weird Mm -hmm. so it's this wing of theater that came out of Italy in the 30s the point of it was to wake people up it's uh, associated with speed but also kind of military and force and guns and now and change and it was like the technology was taking over but the theater makers were like theater shouldn't be for people just sitting in an audience and you know taking it you know people should cry and be upset and the the audience should be implicated so it's that part that the neo-futurists kind of get with when an audience when a person comes to our show you are not just going to be sitting there you know absorbing the 30 plays there's 30 plays we write every week and there's a time where we try to perform them all in 60 minutes you are going to be in the plays you are going to be you know i can't just sit there and have a bourgeois no no you cannot that's not an option for me it's not an option what if what if what do you come over and grab my hand i will do something to you probably yes i'll notice i know you won't even tell me what it's just something (laughs) something special (laughs) the audience drives the show in that so the New York Neo Futurists perform 30 plays in 60 minutes every weekend. And when you go to the show, you walk in, you get a new name, and you come in, ah. you get a menu. The menu is what we call this list of plays, 1 to 30. And then you'll see across the stage hanging a, a, a clothesline with these numbers. And we'll teach you at the beginning of the show, whenever you hear the word curtain, which means the end of a play, uh-huh. you scream the number you want to hear next. 17, 13, 2. And we, whatever we hear first, we'll grab, we read the name of the title, we say go, and we'll do that play. So what is it about the speed and the muscularity that is so attractive to you? Well, you know, I come from athletes, oh. and, and I like, I was a track runner myself, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of Aries. I'm fast, and, you know, I, I have a lot of energy. So I used to go to the show, and I thought it was so fun. I couldn't believe it, that you can go to a live theater performance not break the bank it's $14 plus the roll of a six-sided die and I mean it was very white and but I liked that it was it was all very unexpected and I never knew what you were going to expect some nights all the plays were more on the political side or some nights there was a lot of funny plays so you were in the audience first first and then then you joined up I don't remember how I got to the audience but I do remember whenever you know when you have an extra room you have a lot of visitors as a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. So um, that aforementioned ex-wife, we had a great, great spot. And so we always had people coming through. And we'd always, on our list of things to do with, with visitors, we'd go take them to see the neo-futurists. Because it was it was great. It, we, there's a bar in there. You know, you have a cocktail. Well, not a cocktail, but a beer or wine. And it's in a great neighborhood. And it's the worst neighborhood in the world at the same time because mm-hmm. of this, like, all the bros and how it gets, you know, it's like NYU. Yeah, you're talking about the East Village. Yeah. yeah. But like historically, it's great. That particular block is great. East 4th between 2nd and Bowery. Fourth, oh, yeah. Right? Oh, fourth yeah. Arts block. Oh, yeah. There's 40 theaters on yeah, that block. Yeah. Four, La Mama. That's one of the big ones, but there's like tons of little yeah. teensy, Lots teensy. of theaters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a real a legacy there. It's I good to be part of that. I feel so good. I really feel like the, theatrically, East 4th, that block has meant so much to me. It's helped me grow. Wow. You know, I didn't know I was a good host. I didn't know I could make my own theater. I didn't know, you know, a lot of things about making art in New York City. That you don't have to be rich to do it, actually. how do you think it's changed? Because, you know, you're a black woman. You know, you're multi-sexual, right? Yes. And when you first came to New York, did you feel like there was less of a place for you? Do you feel like space has opened up for a person like you in New York City or what? 
has space opened up for a person like me in New York City? With the mix of things that you are, because you're so many things, you know, you're not like a straight actor. You're a great performer, right? Right. So you could do almost anything, but I I feel like you've made your own way. And I just wonder how you feel the city has responded to that. Um, It's hard to answer because when you're stuck in your own skin, you don't know. I mean, I've always been really lucky to meet the freaks first wherever I go. And so, you know, through Circus Amok, there was a sister in there who was going to WOW. And so I was in there. It seems like it's easier. Yes. And I feel like there's a, a, a huge river of young people who want to be performance artists. And there's all sorts of ways to get in there. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people are just going the academic way. Mm-hmm. And being so, my day job is Dixon Place. And so I'm just kind of like there taking people's submissions to like they want to be on the stage right and And for our listeners dixon place is a you know incredible theater here in new york city billy that was one of the first places reverend billy ever performed right ellie has been on the bowery upstairs incubating new performance art in in this 31 years 30 years Mm -hmm. and so it's an important spot and but i'm watching this river of students coming out of nyu coming out of um, Sarah Lawrence and they've been trained to be weirdos and they're not really <laughs> sorry trained guys to be weirdos. they're not really so it's like there's more space and but there's more just like we talked about like the whole healing center in every neighborhood it's like oh wow hippies have a place to do stuff for money but it's almost like this it's so it's like the population the populace that everybody is there so it kind of waters down the weirdness or like the Well, that begs the question, if weirdness comes from experience, like is weirdness the result of a a life lived or is weirdness something you're born with? I think you're born with it. Wow. I do. You believe in astrology or something. (laughs) I think you're born weird or you're born like skeptical. Born weird. Exactly. Exactly. As weird as the wind blows. I mean, I guess you can teach. Let's say I'm I'm a weirdo and I I have a baby and I'm... Now I have to teach you about the world. I'm going to teach you weirdo stuff. But you might rebel, you know, become like a straight. That happens. Weirdos have Republican kids. So, I mean, I feel like I was born weird personally. Um, But I guess you could be reformed weirdo like you were raised straight. And then you like realize, (laughs) wait, I should care about the earth and not be, you know, a meat eater. I'm going to be a vegan. Right. But if you get a performance art class and a performance art, art syllabus you know and you have a professor who you know was was in his 20s or her 20s Jennifer when Miller at Pratt. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. Jennifer Miller hi Jen hi Jen uh, and and then you have this array of degrees that you can get in weirdness, being weirdness. <laughs> It's so weird, and it costs a lot of money. I mean, I would go to Pratt and do this new performance slash performance PPS, performance studies slash performance degree. It's brand new. Jennifer Miller started it. Mm-hmm. I would do it just because Jen started it. And you're like, oh, cool. I want a PhD one day or whatever because I do love, I do the the discipline of academia. I mean, I think that there's like an academic, like academia thing mm-hmm. but I do like being in a room where we're all into this thing or, and we're reading and writing because I'm undisciplined I can be I mean I just you like the structure I like the structure because it just gives me like so I get that 
and it's $80,000 a year. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm impatient with that now because we have such an emergency on the streets and right. such an emergency in our lives, and so many of those folks are depoliticized. Right. We remember Columbia. We remember uh, Berkeley. We remember uh, eruptions of freedom coming from from colleges and universities. Right. And we got to have that again. But yeah. the debt. Got to get back to that. The debt puts a damper on the rebellion, doesn't oh it? God. When you're carrying $150,000 of debt and you're 23, I mean, are you really going to risk arrest? Yeah, most people just feel like they have to get a job right away. Mm-hmm. And they do. No, they don't. They can't well, find a job right away. I mean, away. I'm just That's saying true. they do have to get a job if you're carrying that much debt. This, yeah, a, they're supposed to get a job. pressure. But then they, you know, they move back in with their folks. So it's Pride Month in New York City. What does that mean to you, Ashley? Well, you know, I'm a big old queero, and um, in my 20s, uh, I thought Pride was awesome, and you know, just because of the costumes and outside. And I'm thinking specifically of of San Francisco because I hung out in the Bay a lot. And they do a great pride, and it's a great day. And celebrating, citywide celebrating in San Francisco, I guess because the city's small, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just feels like everyone's doing one thing that day. Mm -hmm. And as an Aquarius, we love that. Everybody doing one thing. Okay, but then as you get older, it does seem hella moneyed, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like, so many people, and the way the street looks after, it's disgusting. (laughs) You know, and it's just like, Honestly, I don't really care. I don't care about the big street celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like hanging out with my queers. It, and my life is very queer. I don't really feel like I need a day to kind of step out and put on colors. That said, you know, I did write a little pride play this week. But I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. I just want a nice, you know, dinner, a nice... I'd love to see it from afar, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, as I get older, I'm, like, less interested in big crowds. Mm-hmm. I just... So you want to see the Pride Parade from space? Maybe from space. <laughs> That's know. a neo-future position. Yeah. You know, or maybe if I was on a float. You know, I've never been on a float. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, but then you have to go to the Amsterdam Amsterdam Pride Parade. Are you going it's to Amsterdam? It's all on cana- in the canals. Oh, see, no, that would be cool. It's very beautiful. See, something uh, different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do you have this? As like as you get older, like everything just kind of seems boring. Or I no, feel because I'm getting younger. Oh. I don't know about you. That's why I'm so fascinated by you. Well, one of the things I really admired about the Shut It Down crew who I was marching with the other day when June got arrested was that they would turn to all the police who were escorting us and they would say, point blank to the police, you are not welcome mm. in our parade. You mm. are not welcome at pride festivities. You are not welcome to celebrate queerness and gayness until you stop killing trans people Mm. until you stop killing people of color Mm. and it was really incredible to be there in the west village with these queer and trans people of color mostly saying this just dead on to these cops right Right to their face and then there's all these witnesses it's like a show Mm. for all these i don't know if they're tourists i don't really know who lives in the west village anymore but there are a lot of people there which case yeah and they're watching and i don't know it was just really Stark. How did the police respond? Did they get it? I mean, was she, no. was she talking to the individual cop? No, they don't like get it. You they, as a group? No, the cops just are. They're just so um, stoic in that situation. They just don't break face at all. There was this um, story, queer storytelling, that happens like every third Thursday at Dixon Place in the Lounge. Um, Dusty Shoulders hosts it, and 
it was surreal the first time I went there because it's fairies. A lot of it's like New York City fairies, mm-hmm. radical fairies, and I used to hang out with the fairies a lot in Tennessee back in the day. Wow. When I had short my, mountain. My, yeah, exactly, short mountain. And I'm like, you know, working and putting up the camera, and I'm like, I think I know you. I was like, do, do I look familiar to you? And we were like, oh my god. <laughs> so like, like all my like brothers and sisters from Short Mountain come to Dixon Place once a month and tell stories. Wow. And last week, Huckleberry who is closely aligned with the guy who started the, what's the one that's un, 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 unlicensed, the one that happens like the day before? The, the drag, drag parade. There's a drag parade. Yeah. yeah. On Friday night. night. Yeah. Right, so they were there from for the Tompkins beginning. Square, yeah. Exactly, and he was telling stories about the, the first years of that and how uh, they actually do have a relationship with the cops because every year it was kind of like the same group of cops who would, because it's unlicensed, they knew to expect them, and Huckleberry and friends would kind of like let them know, okay, it's happening, da, da, da. and they kind of told the story of like, there was kind of like some kind of alliances yeah. and like helping. It's true. And there that is was, permission that was, for that parade, it's true, yeah. It's true. So that was kind of, you know, I love to hear those those stories, because well, I just, It's like yeah. Donald, um, Donald, um, our Donald from Don- the choir. Donald oh, yeah, Gallagher. Donald, yeah. Donald Gallagher. Donald was there. A radical fairy, short, mm-hmm. short mountain uh, totally, resident. Totally. Now, Donald, he can go into an Irish bar in Brooklyn like Farrell's, a famous um, NFL infested, NRA infested, all the other N. Um, Not quite all. Organizations. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the good one isn't in there, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> a, a point well taken, <laughs> and um, there's some kind of there's some kind of thing that he works. I don't know if it's around Irishness or he he uh, he's always iridescing. His his he he looks like he's on acid all the time. Right, and he seems to have a friendly relationship with a policeman's inner hidden gay life. Whoa. Possibly never expressed, possibly only expressed when he was a teenager, you know, but he seems to forgive somehow. He, he, he looks them in the eye and he, they know he knows or something. And he's that. so gentle I love that. that they forget, they, they mutually forgive each other. Speaking that, of gentle, let's, let's go to, we need to take a little Time for break. an ID okay. here. We need to take a ID. music break here. Okay. Let's go to Alice Coltrane. Oh, yay. <laughs>
Welcome back to The Earth Wants You with Savitri D. and Reverend Billy. That's me. And our very special guest, Ashley Brockington. Now, we were just, uh, forgiveness was the last word. Donald, the cops, forgiveness. I just wanted to say that forgiveness is my favorite thing right now. And, you know, I talked about all, like, the theater stuff I do, but, like, a huge part of what I'm doing right now is I'm studying forgiveness and gratitude and i'm doing that at celebration spiritual center shout out it's um it's a church but it's like you know kind of like a hippie church it's like vibration and abraham and anyway i just wanted to say that when it comes to cops and difference and you know i'm a black girl and you're a white girl or he's a cop and she's a whatever at some point i want to live from the perspective of like this skin of yours, this package you're in, this yeah. temporary beautiful wrapping that you're in, is not who you are. Mm-hmm. There's something else. It's it's invisible. It's inside of all of that, and it's eternal, mm-hmm. and it's exactly the same as me. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm headed in my life. I'm headed to just seeing everyone as another aspect of myself, and like, yeah, your lessons are whatever, and you got cop lessons, and I got black girl queer lessons, but like essentially we're all trying to get to the same place, which is like back to, you know, where we came from. Like when we no. know when we know everything. Earth Alluya. That's yeah. our that's our gentle, powerful sermon of yeah. of the of the hour. Right, that's <laughs> the parade. I that's it. Be. That's the, the parade. parade. Exactly. I got uh, some questions from the listeners. Oh, okay. Wow. You, got, you guys want Ashley, do you wanna answer one? Of course. Well, uh, why is there no strong anti war movement at the moment? Oh man. I ask this question every day. That's such a good question. I ask myself this question. I ask Billy this question. I ask people in our community, what would that look like? I mean, for myself, I feel like the the, the anti-war movement is an anti-capitalist movement. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's no distinction for me. The anti-war movement is the same as the environmental movement. It's Black Lives Matter. I mean, this is the war against capitalism and white supremacy. And it, I don't know what to say. I mean, that war is ongoing. I, you know, I participate in it every day. Um, and and it is peaceful and it is strong and and um, we have a lot of work to do. But everyone, it has to be all of us. Part B. It has to be all of us. But the war, the war used to be a phrase that we used to describe the United States military going thousands of miles to some godforsaken country that we bomb. That. For mo- most of my adult life, that, that was how the word war was used. But now we have David Buckle, 
uh, dying within stone's throw of our house. Mm. We, we got um, Saeed Vassell over in Crown Heights. We've got uh, Stefan Clark. Mm. We've got, we've got uh, uh, Roxana Hernandez. Claudia Gonzalez. Claudia. At the border in Laredo, Texas. Patricia Gomez Gonzalez. We have uh, the, the violence. You know, there was a kind of gated community that existed when, we, when wars were over there. Right, mm. the Imperial In fact, there was wars. a famous song, over there, right. over there. George M. Cohan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that's over. Mm. That's over. The war is here. The war is over here. Mm-hmm. Empire, the um, empire. Another one is: uh, Will Reverend Billy and the Stop Shopping Choir be visiting the boroughs anytime soon? It would be great to visit some parks outside of Brooklyn and Manhattan and meet people who don't know about the Earthluya. Hmm. Oh, I would suggest if we don't make it, if Reverend Billy and the Stop Shopping Choir don't make it, Circus Amok. Ashley's a performing member of mm-hmm. Circus Amok, and they and they work on a lot of the same issues we do. We'll be in the park starting in September. September. Mm-hmm. So they definitely hit most of the boroughs. Sorry, Staten Island. Sorry. Um, but yeah, they're definitely out there. I think another reason we don't have an active war movement is because we're all so focused on our Insta and our stuff. Ashley is holding up her <laughs> iPhone, twelve-inch iPhone. The pot calling the kettle there, yeah. Right, because we're like it's just here. It's our like virtual She's reality. Them. She's holding it's it like in, her, in her yellow now. fingertips, yeah. a little bit like a piece of shit, kind of waving a oh. piece of shit over the <gasps> here table. It is. Oh my! But like, yeah, oh my God, that that cannot. I would like to apologize <laughs> unreservedly to the Federal Communications Commission, which is now probably uh, infested by Trump appointees. Please forgive me. That is a, a local co- colloquialism <laughs> uh, based on tribal imperatives that go back many centuries. The final question is, um, where can you get, uh, what would Jesus buy online? Oh, or that. where can you get that? People, uh, the people movie, want to the know. film. Yeah, the movie. You know, if you can find out who owns that film, please do let us know. Uh, we worked on that film for years. Um, it has our blood in it, on it, all over it. Um, and... We don't know. It goes through um, ownership changes. Oh. It's being. It's now tossing on the sea of contracts, terms of agreement. It's and, a poker piece in and, a game that uh, we are not privy to. Wow. Apologies. So when we Good find luck. a copy, we just copy it and send it to as many people as we, we can. We post it as much as we can, as free as we can, and when we have it, and then it gets taken down. And we'll do it again soon. So wow. just, you know, ears to the ground. I want to remind our listeners um, about Ashley, our guest here, and just invite them to the Infinite Pride Show, which will mm-hmm. run on the 22nd and 23rd of June. Uh, Super Wrench, right? Yeah, the Infinite Pride, um, the Infinite Wrench is like the regular name, and then the Infinite Pride is the gay, sh- the oh. gay version, where every weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday at the Crane, um, NYNF, New York, Neofuturist.org, you can get tickets there or, you know, not can get tickets at you know in the space um 30 plays in 60 minutes it's a wild ride super fun and it's only an hour 30 plays in 60 minutes minutes yes. Ashley, thank you so You're much welcome. for joining us i mm-hmm. want you to come back really soon because oh my i can talk to you all day i know it's so fun oh and you can visit me at nappy snatch on ig oh yeah that's nappy snatch that's a good show because it's true yeah. We'll leave that with the Federal Communications <laughs> Commission yeah. as well. Ashley is addictive. I'm telling you. Be careful. She needs a warning symbol on her. Ooh, I got, the, I got, I got your water in my eye. <laughs> and now it's time for Extinction's Got Talent. 
And this week's uh, endangered animal, the Hawaiian monk seal, named for its resemblance to a Catholic monk, the Hawaiian monk seal has folds around its neck and is gray in color with pelage often turning brown from weathering. This federally endangered seal has seen dramatic population declines in the last half century that have left it one of the world's most imperiled marine mammals. And thanks to global warming, which interferes with delicate marine ecosystems and causes sea level rises that endanger seal pupping beaches. The seal has become more vulnerable than ever in recent years. Fortunately, even as its numbers tumble downward and its core range on the northwestern Hawaiian islands, seals are increasingly inhabiting the main Hawaiian islands where pups are healthy and the population is on the rise. So uh, as, the, as, the, uh, as the volcanoes pour the lava, lava into the sea, we celebrate the Hawaiian monk seal. Hear the sound. Join the People's Monday Shut It Down crew. Uh, you can find out where they meet online. They, they gather on Mondays and tell the stories of people killed by uh, police violence. Um, we will have another bike ride against deportation on the 21st of June. And uh, we invite people to join us and start one in your own city. It's a great way to uh, slow down ice and draw attention to the ongoing crimes against immigrants, the war on immigrants in this country. Greetings. This is Reverend Billy. I would just like to leave today's What Would Jesus Buy? Excuse me. What's the, what's the name of our radio show? The Earth Wants You. With just a couple thoughts, we're living right now in, in a built environment of hate. The presentation of hate to the average person just walking down the street, going about their family life, their work, is becoming, it's reading, reaching a critical mass of hate. I'm using hate not just as Donald Trump on Fox News. I'm also saying the manifestations of, for instance, runaway real estate, where we're surrounded by identical details, uh, luxury condos and chain stores. I'm talking about the, the infestation of everybody's personality by corporate media so that our personalities start getting more and more and more identical to each other. Hate presents as... The enemy of difference, hate is the enemy of otherness, of options, of wildness, um, and that is why Pride Weekend starts to feel like the last defense against the consumerism juggernaut, because otherness, differentness, is celebrated. This idea that I can have my own kind of desire, and I can meet someone else, and our desires can mix, and we can, we can reach for our ecstatic life together. That is the essence of the revolution. That is what needs to be expanded. That's what the new politics is. Bringing this radical freedom to people who have retreated behind sameness, the dull sameness of fundamentalism, of, of Republican, no options, evil is evil and good is good and there's no in between. That idea, that puritanical idea, so damaging, so damaging to children and young people. So let's embrace that radical freedom. Let's lead against hate with tremendous revolutionary force, and that has to be angry, anger. 
That has to be anger. But that anger will be even more forceful because it will have forgiveness and gratitude inside of you. Amen? I'll leave you with that today. Earth Hallelujah. You've been listening to the Earthworm Series, a project of the Church of Stop Shopping. Please spread the word, share the show. We'll see you next week.